It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz, and today we are at Susquehanna University broadcasting in front of a live studio audience. That's great. Lots of energy as we are here to celebrate the community service of all the student-athletes here at Susquehanna University, and we have some representatives from the football team. Jim is with us, and Pat. Hi, Jim. Hi. That was great. And uh, Pat, how are you? Hey. Hey, all right. We're done. We'll be back after this commercial break. No, uh, representatives to talk about uh, some of the work you guys do with uh, kids with pediatric cancer um, at a local hospital. What can you tell us about this initiative? Um, uh, it's at Geisinger Hospital. It's uh, Susquehanna's hospital. And um, uh, the football team especially um, works with the kids um, and, you know, just be their big brother and be there for them and have someone you know, to look up to and talk to them. That's great. Now, we understand this initiative is just getting underway. Yeah. So uh, what is the thing, I guess, you're looking most forward to? When you walk in this room, you've got, you know, as a football player, you've got the 25-inch neck. And you, when you walk in, you're going to be like a celebrity to these kids. Yeah, it would, just, it would, it would be real nice to um, see their smiling faces and, uh, you know, just be there for them. So. That's Jim and Pat. Let's bring you in to talk about what are you looking forward to most about this uh, initiative with uh, working with the kids at the hospital. Um, I just want to help out the kids who are going through a tough time, you know, be there for them, anything they need, read to them, do whatever they want to do and help them out in any way we can. Well, it's inspirational to hear these stories because it makes the rest of us listening to this show want to get involved. So it's social awareness. It's getting involved with your community. And we want to thank uh, Pat and Jim and all the student athletes here at Susquehanna University for all of your community service. Give yourselves another round of applause. Adam Ritz is a media personality and keynote speaker, interviewing amazing people from coast to coast. Follow him on Twitter at Adam Ritz or listen to him now on The Adam Ritz Show. I'm Adam Ritz, and we are on the campus of Southern Methodist University. It's SMU in Dallas, Texas, with head men's basketball coach Larry Brown. Hi, Coach Brown. How are you? It's good to see you again, Adam. I'm telling you, it's an honor to be with you. Uh, I followed you with you uh, when you were with the Indiana Pacers. I'm a big Pacer fan growing up in Indianapolis, and it's just great to have you on the show to talk about uh, life skills and some of the off-the-court issues that we talk about on this social awareness radio show, your foundations and charity work. I'm sure from all those years in college basketball, the NBA, and now here at SMU, you've got a ton of stories. This could be a five-day interview, but we're just going to try to pull some, some little nuggets out here and there and, uh, and talk about your service, maybe. How important is that for you with your players now, your current team here at SMU with community service and getting them involved uh, with the Dallas area? Well, the most important thing is, you know, you teach them to be men. You know, um, in my life, I've been blessed. I, I played for some of the greatest coaches ever. Um, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today if it wasn't for Coach Smith, Coach McGuire, Miss Dibble on the Olympic team, Pete Newell, John McClendon. All those people took a personal interest in me, and you know it's allowed me to do exactly what I want to do. I'm, I don't think I'm capable of doing anything else, but I love teaching and coaching, 
and there's a lot more than just getting kids to play the right way. Um, you know, hearing you speak today, it's about what you represent and how many kids look up to you and you have a responsibility to do the right thing. So um, you try as a coach every day, you know, to set an example and to surround yourself with people that, you know, have the same values. So um, it's pretty neat. And my, my wife, um, you know, she's gotten me involved in a lot of things that I never even thought about. Um, you know, we help with a camp called Dragonfly that helps kids with autism. It's the only autism camp of its kind. And I got to meet Paul Newman once, and uh, he had these hole-in-wall gang camps for uh, terminally disadvantaged kids. And my wife got me involved with a camp called Peyton Turtle. And uh, my daughter works as a counselor there, and it's been a big part of my life. But uh, really what I'm about, you know, I love basketball. I love the sport. I love what what it does for kids, what it's done with my life. And, you know, I'm 72 years old, and I've never worked a day in my life. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Uh, you do what you love, and you don't work at all, do you? Coach Larry Brown is with us, uh, head men's basketball coach at Southern Methodist University. Um, you mentioned your age and, and your a uh, little bit of your resume from when you played in, in the You played in the NBA as well, didn't you? Well, I played in the ABA, and then okay. it merged. Okay. Um, and then uh, I was about a time in my career where I I became a coach by accident. You know, I looked at myself. I wanted to be a high school coach um, and teach American history. I wanted to coach baseball, basketball, and football and have the summers off. And by some accident, I became a pro coach, and then I've gone back and forth pro in college and been pretty neat. Yeah. So with all of that experience, and I've got to think, uh, you know, I sometimes shake my head at how social media uh, has changed everything. And when you're coaching your kids on the court, um, is that a is that at the forefront of, of how you, uh, um, I don't want to say coach them on the court, but let's say after the practice, after a game, do you worry about what they're going to be tweeting, posting, Instagramming? Because that gets so many great athletes in so much trouble the way they misuse their social media outlets? Well, I never really thought about it. You know, um, when I was an NBA coach, um, I dreaded guys walking on the bus, you know, tweeting and talking because I wanted them to interact with each other. I didn't realize, you know, whatever they say or do, other people hear about it all the time. But, you know, learning about it and, I realize now um, it's something you got to be responsible enough to realize that whatever you say is public knowledge. And I, you know, I won't mention names of coaches, but um, in the last couple of years, I've heard a lot of people say something about a coach that he's involved with this person, and it's affected their lives, um, and they're not. They're not aware of it. Our kids are not aware of it. So I bring it to our kids' attention. Um, and I don't know if they really realize it. You know, it's it's an interesting thing. I, I got to watch Pacific and uh, Band of Brothers. Mm -hmm. And I was saying, I don't think I would have had the courage to do what those 18-year-olds did. And everybody said, well, when you're 18, you think you're invincible. 
you don't think there's any consequence to what you do. And there's a consequence for everything we do. And hearing you speak and making my kids aware of what the potential of doing something wrong or saying something they don't really mean or you're just kidding about it can affect the rest of your life is really important for these kids to hear. Um, and it's a shame because uh, when I was a young coach, everything they wrote about you was just about the game. It had nothing to do with you as a person. Either won the game or lost the game. Um, they very rarely said you played badly. Um, now, when they report about the game, it has nothing about the game mm -hmm. anymore. It's all about the personality or how you acted. And I tell our kids all the time, people judge you by the way you look, by the way you dress, by the way you conduct yourself. And that sets in it, you know, their opinion of you for the rest of your life in some cases. So I guess that's what you're talking about. Do you have a Twitter or a Facebook? No, um, <laughs> but I have it now. As a, as a college coach, um, I have to let people know what I do on a daily basis, um, you know, because kids are constantly looking for things. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing that my assistants are always tweeting stuff. I, I just learned how to use a phone. <laughs> Honest, I, I, I did not know how to text at all. I never even thought about it. Okay. never even entered my mind. But they told me, when you're a college coach, this is an important part. And that's part of recruiting. Um, you're trying to establish, you know, SMU in the eyes of kids where they think they want to come there and play mm -hmm. for you. So... I don't do it, but my assistants do it. I'm probably getting in trouble for saying that. Do you have an iPad? No. Um, <laughs> I, I, had, I don't know how to use a computer. Um, the, the only way that I will use a computer is to watch a game. Okay. I, but my assistants have to sit next to me and show me. <laughs> now, my boy, I have a, I have a boy who's going to be a freshman here next year and a daughter who will be 16 on Wednesday and they know how to use everything. And they're involved with every part of social media you can be. Um, and they help me in a lot of cases because it's really informative. There's a lot of things. You know, I hear a lot of neat people speak, and that's affected my life in a real positive way. And there's some examples that I've seen that, you know, they'll, sh they'll show me that I, I'm a little nervous about them watching. But... Uh, you know, they're decent kids. They've been raised the right way, so I'm comfortable with that. Head coach Larry Brown is joining us on the program. He's the uh, head coach at SMU, Southern Methodist University. You mentioned your children now. They're teenagers. One of them's coming to college next year. Uh, let's talk parenting and fatherhood. I mean, as a coach, uh, you've got a little bit of an advantage on You've been coaching and teaching children uh, and athletes your whole life. Um, there are a lot of people out there that are, that are struggling with parenthood and, and um, how, how, how to handle and communicate with their own kids. Uh, what's been your, I guess, best experience as a father and maybe uh, uh, best advice to the next generation of fathers? Well, I have a wife like I have. <laughs> she's, she's a great mother and 
you know, it, unfortunately, there's a lot of things that my profession have allowed me to do, um, but it's kept me away from my kids a lot. So I've been so lucky to have a wife that uh, the most important thing for her is raising their kids. Um, I want them to have great grades. I want them to be great athletes. I wanted them, you know, to be popular. But at the end of the day, um, I want them to be decent kids. And uh, they really are. They get it. Uh, they treat people with respect. Um, they know by their actions it, ha it reflects on us. And I hope that they understand that we realize by the way Shelly and I act reflects on them. So we do the very best I can, uh, we can to make sure we're a big part of their lives. Um, and I, I'm really concerned with how I act. Um, and there was a time in my life I didn't think about that. Um, and I've been so lucky that there's been people that have been part of my life. I lost my dad when I was really young, but everybody in my family kind of took care of me and taught me right from wrong. But I heard Dennis Prager say at one time, yeah, I'd love my kids to have great grades, love them to be popular, but at the end of the day, I want them to be decent and respect other people, and I think our kids are, are that way. That's fantastic. Uh, when I think of the glory days of, uh, of the Pacers, uh, I think of you and uh, your work with uh, Rick Smits and, and Reggie Miller and those battles with the New York Knicks. Uh, from your seat on the bench, tell us about uh, maybe a couple of fond memories from uh, the Larry Brown files with the Indiana Pacers. Well, I mean, when you coach in Indiana it's, uh, and you coach basketball, I, I know the Colts have changed that culture a little bit, but that's a basketball state. Um, what Branch McCracken did and Bobby Leonard did and Bobby Knight did and all these great high school programs, I mean, basketball is huge there. And uh, I love being part of that because, one, people love the sport, but the other thing is they were so passionate about it and knowledgeable. And that was fun. And then, you know, I worked for the greatest owners. You could, the Simons were phenomenal. I mean, uh, anything you needed as a coach to be successful, they were there to, to help you. And then I coached some of the greatest players ever. Reggie Miller, um, you know, people see a side of Reggie being crazy and emotional, but he worked at his craft. He was one of the greatest teammates you could ever be around. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to see him get in the Hall of Fame, and that was that was pretty darn special. Rick Smith's, uh, when I got the job, Donnie said, Donnie Wall said, I don't know, in my heart, I think Rich Smith can play, but I want you, you to find out. And I hung around that guy, and he was one of the most underrated players I'd ever been with. And I saw Dell Davis grow and develop each day, and I saw maybe the greatest teammate of all time, and a kind of guy named Derek McKee, mm -hmm. one of the most underrated players. And I was fortunate enough to be around all those guys. And then after I left, they only got better. You know, Larry Bird and Rick Carlisle and Coach Harder, you know, made that team even better. So I have great memories about being in Indianapolis. 
That's fantastic to uh, to hear because we've all got uh, great memories of, of you coaching the Pacers. Um, Larry Brown is our guest, uh, one of the all-time great coaches, and uh, you're just really starting your uh, tenure here with Southern Methodist University. Let's talk about the present and the future real quick. What's the future for Larry Brown here at SMU? Well, I know June Jones is a good friend of yours. Um, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for June. Okay. I was like the 15th choice. <laughs> and June kept pushing me and saying, hang in there, stay with it. And June and I met when I was coaching San Antonio, and he was driving us around. This happened a long, long time ago, and I think in 1989 or 90. And lo and behold, you know, 20-something years later, we're hooked up together. But this is a great school. It's great academically. We're going into a new conference where the competition is going to be so much greater. Uh, the exposure is going to be better. We were 15 and 17 this year, and... Um, I don't think it did a great job, but we had a young team and we were pretty short-handed. But we've had an amazing recruiting year. We've got some really quality kids left in the program. And if I don't screw them up, we're going to be pretty damn good. And I, you know, I want us to compete on a, on a national level. I, I look at us. We have the potential to be a lot like Butler. Yeah. And you know what Brad has done with that program. Yeah. We have the potential to be a lot like Gonzaga. We have a lot of the same things that John Thompson had when he went to Georgetown in a great conference, a great school academically, in a great city. So I'm hopeful we can grow and develop this into being a pretty special place. Well, that's exciting. Uh, Larry, we th thank you for your time. Larry Brown, the head coach here at SMU. Uh, just a pleasure to have you on and uh, hear about your work with autism and with these kids you have here at SMU and, and your memories from the Pacers. It's just been a pleasure to have you on. Thank you, Coach Brown, for joining us. It's great to see you again, Adam. Thank you. Get socially technical with The Adam Ritz Show. Facebook, Adam Ritz Show. Twitter, at Adam Ritz. It's social technically. And we're coming to you from Miami. We're at Sun Life Stadium in uh, the wonderful state of Florida. And our special guest is Otha. Hi, Otha. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. You're with the National PTA. That is correct. National Parent Teacher Association. And we're partnered with the All Pro Dads with our male engagement initiative. And uh, we've had a wonderful time out here today. We've had about 1,200 uh, fathers and kids come out. And uh, it's just this continuing uh, partnership with uh, Coach Dungey and his wife Lauren and their Family First program. But we've had a wonderful time out here today. It is uh, really kind of the perfect marriage between two organizations when you're talking about All Pro Dad and their uh, really fatherhood education on how to be a better father and how to be a better dad. The PTA, parents and teachers getting together to make uh, really lives better for everybody within the school system. So when did you first start working with All Pro Dad and Tony Dungy? Uh, and tell us about your fatherhood initiative. Sure, sure. Well, Mr. Dungy, uh, we worked with him back in 2011 where we established uh, a partnership, national partnership with uh, him and the Family First program and All Pro Dads uh, and Lauren. And they uh, 
just very big emphasis on family and family engagement and it's so important that we get men involved in, in kids' education and All Pro Dad has been very good in working with us and making sure that we get dads involved in the schools. And like I say today, we just had a lot of dads out and they, they had more fun than the kids, I think. I think you're right. The dads <laughs> do have more fun at these events than the kids and yes. uh, a lot of fun, a lot of fellowship and a lot of fatherhood happening here at the uh, All Pro Dad yeah. Miami uh, Father and Kids Experience, the, the national, not just a, this isn't just a state or local thing, it's a national organization, the PTA. Um, what else do you do with uh, with the within the NFL or or the sporting world, really athletics, to get your message across with fathers and parents? Well, th this uh, this is our first major event with a athletic type association, and it's been, like I said, a wonderful experience, and it's just another way to get dads involved, because we know a lot of dads do the sports events across the board, and this has been very good for National PTA and bringing fathers to the school, and just the approach and the design of the All Pro Dads program has been wonderful, and we're looking for great expansion as we move forward with All Pro Dads. Well, we're doing this uh, in a football stadium, kind of like a post-game interview. Let's bring in the quarterback, Dan. Dan Marino. Um, Thanks, Adam. Hey, hey Dan, Monday Night Football here at Sun Life Stadium here in Miami. <laughs> and it's Darren Gray, All-Pro Dad Lear. Hi, hi, Darren. Thanks for joining us. Well, I'm so glad to be here, man. Our partnership with the PTA is so strong. We've been having fun. You know what? We've been doing this now for several years, but we've been at the Minnesota Vikings event with them, with Coach Frazier, the Pittsburgh Steelers. We had representatives out, the Colts, the Ravens, where we have PTA come out and help us do what we do, which is to get into school and help make a difference in the lives of families. And fathers, when they get involved in schools, good things happen. And there's a, a really big connection between uh, All Pro Dad and the PTA. I mean, when you're talking about working with parents and working with fathers, uh, what do you see them doing that you like so much? Well, at the national level, they do a nice job in D.C. of helping to connect the dots and making sure that they leverage the 20,000-plus schools, I believe it is, where they're, where they're working and making sure that parents are involved. So for us, that's our target audience, right? We've got about 1,200 chapters that are meeting in schools every single month around the country, but we'd imagine where we might be if we team up with these great guys and really continue to grow and then work with Coach Dungy and allow him to use his national voice to help us promote that partnership in special ways and leverage our relationships with NFL teams and continue to find ways. They've got amazing communication tools with their magazines and all of their national emails and things that they do. So only better things to come. That's Darren from All Pro Dad and Otha from the National PTA. And uh, Otha, before I let you go, what would you say to me if I'm a parent, which I am, uh, let's say I'm a complacent parent and I don't really want to get involved with my kid's school. What would you say to me? Well, Advocacy is our number one issue in PTA, speaking up for our kids. And I would tell them, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. People are making choices about your kids because you're not there speaking up for them. That's fantastic. From Miami, we'll cut it there. That was beautiful. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us. Good. Thank you, Adam. Hey, this is Jeff Saturday. Just want to say how important what Adam Ritz is doing. This is truly a difference maker. You're listening to The Adam Ritz Show. We bring back a, a special regular guest. To the, well, he's not special. He's just a regular guest. We've had him on the show so many times now. Lee Lonzo. Hi, Lee. Hello, Adam. Great to be back. Does it feel 
really great to be back on the show. You are uh, one of our original, I guess, uh, contributors to the broadcast, and uh, I think you hold the record now for the most appearances on the Adam Ridge Show. Well, uh, uh, that's a real compliment to me, and yes, it's great to be back. I listen to your show. I love listening <laughs> to the interviews. Uh, just recently, one that pops to mind was that interview with Jeff Saturday, which was awesome. Oh, cool, cool. Because uh, I'm all about mentoring, and he talks so much about mentoring, so absolutely, it's great to be back. And just real quick on your background, uh, you mentioned mentoring. You've, you're a, a lifelong educator, an attorney, a consultant. You've uh, been an athletic director, a principal, an attorney. I think I said that twice because I like attorneys so much. <laughs> um, and now you are the principal of Lee Lonzo Consulting, and you consult um, high school organizations on how to deal with bullying and hazing. And I hear you're involved with uh, another project uh, that is really dear to our hearts with the Special Olympics. Tell us uh, more about what you're doing with high school athletic directors, high school student-athletes uh, with the Special Olympics. Well, Adam, it, it, it's been a great opportunity for me. I've been involved with uh, high school athletics my entire life. And uh, I've had the opportunity recently to work with a, a group in a, a student advisory committee. Uh, these are, are great student athletes from around the state, and they wanted to take on a new service project. Uh, they were aware of the NCAA model of uh, their, the NCAA student advisory committees working with uh, not-for-profits and doing service projects. So our kids decided that they wanted to, wanted to look around. They did some research. They had some uh, presentations, and they decided to start a brand-new project with Special Olympics. It's been just a win-win, very rewarding situation on all sides. So what is it? What do these kids do with uh, the Special Olympic athletes? They work with the athletes? Well, uh, that's just a part of it, and, and let's start with that. Uh, my student athletes uh, from 18 schools around the state, uh, they have set three goals for themselves. And the first one is the category you're talking about, and that is volunteering with Special Olympics athletes. So they are running clinics. They are uh, helping Special Olympics at their regularly scheduled events. For example, this upcoming weekend, you got a bunch of tournaments going on around the state. They need scorekeepers. They need people to move things around. They need officials. They, they just need bodies uh, because Special Olympics is pretty much entirely run by volunteers. So our kids are volunteering with these athletes. In some cases, they're actually planning these events themselves. We had a, uh, a bowling party with Special Olympics athletes recently. I've got some kids who have planned uh, uh, track days and and softball days and soccer days in the spring with Special Olympics athletes. So that's one goal. They're also trying to help raise some money for Special Olympics. They realize that they can only offer programs if they've got money. And one of our big uh, things coming up is we, we're, we're having a national summer games in the summer of 2014 in New Jersey. So our kids are helping raise money to send people to that uh, national games. And then the third uh, goal they've set for themselves is to raise awareness about people with intellectual disabilities and particularly uh, a Special Olympics initiative called Spread the Word to End the, wor end the Word which is the R word, retard, yep. retarded. Uh, just get that out of your vocabulary, and our kids are taking a pledge not to use the R word, and they're going out to their schools and trying to get them to do that as well, all part of an anti-bullying awareness campaign. So uh, it's just been so rewarding seeing these kids latch on to this. You know, you mentioned uh, awareness, and um, it's something that we've dealt with a lot with charities, is that sometimes organizations... 
uh, would want to have awareness just as much as they want to have the finances. So if you can't afford to actually give money to to an organization, if you can't give a dollar bill to the Special Olympics, retweet them. Go to their Facebook page. Like their Facebook page. Uh, share all that content, and maybe someone, one of your friends, will see something you reposted on your Facebook page, and maybe they have a dollar that they can give to the organization. So don't think just as, I don't have any extra money, I've got my own bills, I've got my own problems, that you can't help. You can help if you get involved uh, socially and uh, just heighten the awareness. Our guest is Lee Lonzo. Uh, He's part of an initiative with uh, high school student-athletes in the Special Olympics. Does this have a title, like an actual namesake? Well, I just came back from a, a, a conference and it's hosted by Special Olympics, uh, but they generically refer to all the high school associations uh, j- just that way, interscholastic high school ath- athletic associations, and they are really encouraging the state-by-state cooperation and partnership between the state association and uh, and Special Olympics within that state. And then real quick, can you describe... Uh, the feeling that you sense that uh, a high school student athlete gets uh, or experiences when they work with a special Olympian. Well, I, I'm just going to give you one example. I, I, I work with this junior at, at Boone Grove High School, and uh, she, uh, first of all, raised a bunch of money by jumping in freezing cold water. Polar uh, plunge. Polar plunge, and that's a big one for Special Olympics. Then she turned around and at her school organized one of these basketball games. This one was held at halftime of her varsity game. Uh, And then a few weeks later, she writes me that her boys' basketball team won the sectional, first round of the tournament, and they started to go cut down the net, and they grabbed their manager, who's a Special Olympics athlete, and had him go down and cut down the first part of the net, and the crowd went nuts. And then she turns around to me and says, thank you for giving me this opportunity. I think that says it all. That's a great example. That is, that is, it warms your heart. It That's does. awesome. Well, Lee Lonzo, we thank you for coming on the show again. We look forward to having you back. Uh, Before we let you go, how can our listeners uh, follow what you're doing? Well, I'm on Facebook, Lee Lonzo Consulting. Uh, I'm at LeeLonzo at me.com. And uh, got a webpage, LeeLonzoConsulting.com as well. I will click on it today. Awesome. Thank you very much, Adam. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.